0: We wanna thank you again for joining us online. Uh, You know, this pandemic has brought for many people just so much fear, worry, heightened anxiety. Um, You see it all across, not just in our state, um, in this country, but really across the world. Um, I want you to know though, for those who know Jesus, we have a hope in the future and we don't have to be in panic or in fear. You know, whether God allows this or has caused this, what I do know is that God can take this disastrous of a situation and turn it for good and we're seeing that you know I hear people um, you know complain about staying home yet you know what in many ways I think in our culture in our society we're so busy and fast based on the go. I think in many ways we're not used to to pausing and slowing down so in many ways I think this is a good thing uh, not the economic disaster that's happening but in many ways to kind of refocus on the family And on the things that are most important to us so in many ways i think in those ways it's a good thing you know what may seem like a setback for the church by not meeting physically in a location and i do know that many churches are concerned about this i just see kind of the bigger broader picture how really god i believe is just setting the stage for what i believe is one of the greatest moves of god right now in this generation to reach more and more people uh, there's billions of people online who would never darken the steps of a church. And we have the opportunity to reach more and more people for Jesus. So if you're watching, share it. Share it with your friends. Gather some people and um, listen to the message. I want to preach a message and bring a message today called Fearless. Fearless. And my subtitle is We Are the Church. We Are the Church. It's really a part two from last week. Last week I talked about the fear of the Lord, and above all other fears, the fear we do need to have is the fear of the Lord. So if you haven't watched that message, I would encourage you to download our app at Connect Point and uh, go watch that um, message from last week. This is kind of part two from that. So I want you to turn to your neighbor. You're at home. If it's your spouse, if it's your kids, if you're by yourself, talk to yourself and tell them we are the church. We are the church. We are the church. You know, in truth, I think if we're not careful, especially in um, this Western church mindset, we think that the church is a building. And historically, from the beginning and the birthing of the church in the book of Acts, the church has never been a building. Uh, It started really on the day that the spirit was poured out. And on that day where they began to preach and share and 3000 people came to faith in Christ on that day, that was the birthing of the church and there was no building. And i think this is really taking the church out of our comfort zone of being in the church and we think that uh, we can confine god to the four walls of a building and i think in many ways this is really us being the church and going outside the four walls of the church and making uh, his name known so when i look at the beginnings of the early church i see some characteristics that i pray that we as the 21st century church never lose and the first characteristic i would say is that they were a church that served others they were a church that served others uh here at the church it's our dream team uh and we have hundreds of those who serve people and man that's the heart of the church that's never changed from way back in ad 251 the population of christians was about 1.2 million and there was a plague that swept the country killing millions of people at the time towns in Italy were abandoned, some of them that never recovered and people never moved back into because of that plague. The military and the Roman infrastructure was massively weakened, but Christians shined their light in the midst of the darkest moment in that country. Cyprian, a bishop of Carthage, said it like this, how suitable and how necessary it is that this plague and pestilence which seems so horribly and deadly, searches out the justice of each and every one and examines the mind of the human race. I think you could kind of see that. It's just kind of beginning to pause and slow down and examine things. Plagues and pandemics causes to search us, ourselves even. They discover in us either a way of the world or the flesh of self-preservation or a way of the spirit in self-giving and sacrifice you see that in fear in panic right we're beginning to um, uh, isolate social distance but we're never to isolate too far the church is called yes we're to heed the government but never to isolate in ourselves and pull away from uh, everyone else the church was called to make a difference not preserving ourselves, but giving of ourselves. during the third century In that plague, the church was found to be spirit-filled people who were walking the way of their master, Jesus. This plague took Christianity from an obscure, marginal 1.2 million people growing to over 6 million believers in a matter of uh, 50 years. So that's 5 million believers. This plague that uh, ravaged that country and that area made it grow even more plagues were a huge factor as also believers who served others the words I think of even during this time too is the words of Jesus in Matthew 20 28 for even the son of man came not to be served but to serve and give his land ransom his life as a ransom for many I think about that Jesus coming from heaven fully divine yet becoming like you and I in the human flesh and coming not as a king on a white horse to be served man he he took off people's shoes one of the most filthiest jobs was washing people's feet it was a servant's job and jesus didn't think it above himself to serve others in that time god's called us as the church to serve i pray even as a 21st century church we never lose that even what the early church was known for back then Missionary Adoniram Judson said this about self-sacrifice and serving others. There is no success without sacrifice. If you succeed without sacrifice, it's because someone else has suffered before you. If you sacrifice without success, it's because someone will succeed after you. You know I think sometimes uh, we try to measure success in the here and now but we don't realize sometimes the seeds that have been planted and laid before us I think of many people um, even here in the islands in Hawaii who pastors who have been literally gathering for the last 20 years praying for a revival praying for a move of God and at times not seeing it what we're experiencing even as Connect Point Church in the last four and a half years and the growth that we've seen i know for a fact has been seeds and people who have sacrificed and served and given that we're now seeing and reaping a harvest we are called to serve others i think of those who are sacrificing themselves in the medical field and putting themselves in harm's way even now serving others risking their own lives their own livelihood their own families i think of them as being the hands and feet of jesus yeah, I remember talking to uh, some of our nonprofits who serve, uh, even in our community, and I say whether you're a person of faith or not, what you're doing is the work that God calls us to do, and you're being the hands and feet of Jesus as we serve others. In fact, half of Hawaii uh, Islands food pantries are shut down, and the food basket actually needs help, uh, so we are willing to step up and help out. So I'd encourage you if you're not connected, download the app. Stay connected because if the county, our people in our city, tapped on our shoulders as a faith community, say, "Hey, we need this," man, we would be the first one. The church has always been the first one to stand up in the past. We will continue to be the ones to risk our own lives to stand up for those in the future. Here, we're called when we're called upon. We are the church. Tap somebody else, your husband, your wife, your kids. Tell them, we are the church. Yes, that's right. The early church served others, but secondly, they believed in the power of prayer. They believed in the power of prayer. I think it's interesting now that, um, man, you watch this disaster, and people are in chaos and in panic, and um, people know where they can go to. People who grew up in the church and maybe have gotten away I think right now they're reevaluating and they know where to, to run to, and we really need to run back to prayer. The early church was people who prayed. The early church faced difficulties and hardships, plagues, pandemics, outbreaks that was common over the course of church history. We don't panic, but we need to pray and move in wisdom. As I begin to research, even with this pandemic and, and the role that the church Played over the years and how many pandemics have we had. Um, what I found over the last, uh, I'm sure maybe there's more. This is one place that I found it. Over the last 2,000 years, there's been 20 pandemics that have claimed the lives of close to 400 million people over 2,000 years. Um, that is a lot of people. I think one thing I thought that was uh, really interesting looking at that, over the years, it's slowly been getting better and better meaning there has been less casualties i think partly in, partly maybe with technology and science and communication and getting things out there uh so quickly so this pandemic is a new virus but it's nothing new that the church hasn't seen over the course of church history i love this quote by corey ten Boom, who's a holocaust survivor she said this about prayer is prayer your steering wheel or is prayer your spare tire is prayer your steering wheel or is prayer your spare tire? And how often I think sometimes um, we're driving in life and, um, man, we don't even think about prayer and we just use it as a spare tire that when we're in trouble, ah, I got a flat. Now I got to go pull that spare tire out. Man, what Corey Ten Boom was talking about is, is that part of your life, literally that your everyday life as you get up, as you're praying, is that your steering wheel that's driving you in the right direction so i want to encourage you to keep praying we need to pray philippians 4 6 to 7 says this don't worry about anything instead pray about everything don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all that he has done then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand and his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus i love paul's words to this church in philippi and he's telling us as you live in christ then you'll live in peace maybe right now you're not experiencing that peace i want to encourage you to walk in christ i'm going to give you that opportunity to make that decision of um, saying yes to jesus if you're not experiencing that peace because he gives you a peace that passes all human understanding. You know, we've been practicing social distancing ourselves during this pandemic, but I pray we really wouldn't practice spiritual distancing from God. And if we're not careful, even as we begin to distance ourselves, some people can move into isolation. And if anything, that's what the enemy loves. He loves to isolate us, pull us alone. Yes, keep our social distance. But man, is this the time that we need to draw near to God. Draw near to God as he wants to draw near to you and I. You might feel stuck at home or from work. Maybe you received bad news this week that you lost your job. Maybe can't pay your bills. I just want to encourage you, don't isolate yourself. There's hope for you. Maybe you got a a bad news about someone who maybe got the virus, or you're worried about yourself getting it. I want you to lean in. God has you in the palm of your hand if you will but surrender your life to him. He loves you and has a plan for you. If you're watching at home, and if you ever need prayer 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, you can simply One, call on God first. You don't need a church to go to God, okay? So I will say that. Um, We're not the clearinghouse is the church. You got a direct line. Pick up that phone to heaven. Uh, We used to sing a song in church, right? Telephone to glory. And uh, growing up in the church, it was an old song. And um, that whole idea behind the song was, man, you can call him up direct line to heaven so you don't need a church you don't need a pastor somebody to uh, go between you and god you can call directly on him Uh, but also knowing that uh, you have a church and a people who's loving you and wanting to pray for you you can text prayer to 808-400-6590 they'll put that number up on the screen you can text that number at any time it goes directly to our prayer team at church and we would love to pray for you you may get a call an email late at night and you don't know who to turn to call on god first yes shoot that number a text we would love to pray with you and agree with you as you're walking through this time prayer knows no distance or no boundaries really it's my heart that prayer would not be our last resort but our first response in this time prayer is turning from a self-reliance depending on me a dependency on god that's what prayer is it's not a coin machine that we drop in our coins and god has to give us out things he's not a vending machine it's really us and our wills coming in alignment with his will and what he has for our lives so i definitely want to encourage you to pray the early church served others they prayed for others but lastly they never shied away from continuing to preach Christ in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a plague, in the middle of a disaster. Shine your lights. By 1850s, London was the most powerful and wealthiest city in the world at the time with a population of more than 2 million people. The cholera outbreak in 1854 struck fear in the hearts of Londoners preacher Charles Spurgeon only 20 years old at the time was the new pastor of New Park Street Chapel this is what he said as this plague and pandemic hit London if there ever be a time when the mindset is sensitive it is when death is abroad I recollect when first I came to London how anxiously people listen to the gospel for cholera was raging terribly. There was little scoffing then. You know, in truth, when the world around us is beginning to sink like sand, this really is the time to share Christ, to share the light and love of God. If there's ever a time for the church of God to step up and be bold and share their faith, it's now. People are hurting, they're lost, they're broken, and we have the answer, and his name is still Jesus. Amen. So what is your foundation built on? Is it on sinking sand or is it on the solid rock, Christ Jesus? Spurgeon saw the plagues of his day as a storm that led many to seek refuge in Christ the rock. In Christ the rock. The plagues, he said, the plagues was like this storm beating on it that caused him to seek an anchor on something solid. Jesus is still the rock we can run to. Isaiah 61, to 3, says this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim to the captives to be released and the prisoners to be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, in truth, I don't know what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're going through. What I do know this, he is near to the brokenhearted. If you maybe in your home, you're watching this, maybe all by yourself feeling isolated, like you're in prison. I know he sets the captives free. God still is doing miracles today. If maybe you're sick in your body, maybe you, maybe you have the coronavirus, I want you to know that God is your healer and can heal you even now. His name is bigger than any virus, bigger than any disease. Jesus' name is bigger than cancer. His name still heals. His name still has power today. So maybe if you are sick in your body, man, I encourage you to call on the name of Jesus. He wants to save you and heal you. He's close to all those who mourn, and he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. Maybe you've been sitting in ashes lately, going through difficulty, facing a time of turmoil. What you need to know is holding on to God who never changes. He will replace beauty for ashes. He gives a joyous blessing instead of mourning, and festive praise instead of despair especially in this midst of pandemic share christ with other people he is still the hope of the world in truth as i was uh, preparing this message i was just thinking about heaven honestly and uh, i was thinking man this world is not our home and uh, i can't wait to one day be before our maker standing face to face there before our king of kings and lord of lords until then boy do we have a lot of work to do here on earth there are still millions who don't yet know jesus christ Uh, so even as we kind of bring in this message to a close i want to encourage you let us not lose the core things of what the early church started with they served others they prayed and depended on god's power and they preached christ they preach christ maybe you're here watching online and um, you're saying pastor Dion, this is all new to me you know i don't know what you're talking about this jesus or maybe you're listening and maybe you've walked away from the lord maybe you grew up in church and as with many people that we've met have maybe gotten hurt in church Uh, maybe through all of this this brings back some memories of painful experiences that you've had in church First of all, I want to apologize and say, I'm sorry, that wasn't Jesus. That wasn't Jesus. Jesus is longing to draw you near and heal you. He's near to the broken heart, and I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here today leaning in and watching this message at home, by yourself, maybe with family and friends. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. It's the best decision you will ever make. I remember making that decision at 12 years old. My family, broken. My mom and dad separated. Us kids were going back and forth between both homes. And we watched my father come to faith in Christ as he surrendered his life. Grew up as a Mormon, never believing, and he wept before the Lord and surrendered his life. Our family was never the same again. I want you to know that God has more for you than against you.